Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. I'm Sam Wilson. Joining me as always... Zach Schneider. And Liz Tory. Today we're going to be reviewing the latest series from Marvel and Disney Plus, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. So full spoilers ahead for the entire first season of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. How's everybody been? Uh, Zach, what you been up to this past week? Uh, not much. Uh, just been busy uh, with the Coden boot camp. Uh, getting my ass kicked with that, but it's great. Ooh. Yeah, also uh, been trying to... Catch up on all the latest uh, nerd shows. Uh, just got inundated with a bunch of good stuff all at once. So yeah, there's been uh, there's been kind of too much to really keep up with lately. I've been trying to keep up with. Uh, I'm I'm way behind on both of these, but both Rings of Power and House of the Dragon. I've been watching, but I'm I'm still like very very behind on both. So no spoilers, but I'm I'm enjoying both of those shows. I actually really like House of the Dragon. Actually, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure what to think of that show, but I've, I've actually. It is, it pretty much is just more Game of Thrones, but, like, in a good way. It's like, no, this is good. Like, I, I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the storylines. I'm I'm so far kind of in, invested in that. So, Liz, what you been up to? Oh, uh, you know, this weekend I am doing a uh, comedic burlesque, and, and then I'm doing my Hickville Love and Horror, which is a uh, satire and parody of horror uh, movies in the 80s for Halloween, and then I have a few uh, stand-up endeavors. So, yeah, pretty busy, running around like a chicken with my head cut off. How about you, Sam? I've been doing great. You know, a few weeks ago, did the Millageville Eaton Film Festival. Got to uh, premiere my short film, Quarantine Love Story, there. Uh, caught the Rona right afterwards, but I'm all all better from that. Uh, the band's been going full steam ahead. We're uh, next month. We're going to be going taking the band on tour, doing stuff like that. And I'm looking forward to uh, turning thirty next week. Yeah, that's Woo-hoo! also coming up. So and 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 doing lots of Halloweeny stuff. Liz, you watch House of the Dragon, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. What What do you think of that show? I'm just curious to hear what what people are saying I'm about. I'm fucking yeah. loving it. Yeah, it's a I'm good show. I'm fucking enjoying I, it. I wasn't sure. Again, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but it is honestly a really fun show so far. Yeah, even even just I'm I'm only like a couple episodes in, but I didn't think I was going to love it because of the way they're they're skipping time. But uh-huh. I actually, you get used to that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I think that it actually kind of benefits from being like sort of the the broad strokes of of the ideas of Game of Thrones. But I yes. like that it's more focused, like. Because I, I like with Game of Thrones, like it worked for that show. The fact that it jumps around so much to all these different characters, but I like the fact that with House of the Dragon, it's a lot more focused on a smaller group of characters in a finite yes. place. That I, I think actually helps them to have more focused storytelling. Because there is this thing on Game of Thrones of like, especially in the early seasons. Okay, so there's a lot going on. Like all of it's interesting, but what is this really kind of building towards type yes. of thing? And like with House of the Dragon. You know, we, we get we get what the story is like right off the bat. You know, it's like, yeah, you know where we're going. You know what problem we're having from the very first episode. Exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, TV shows, let's go ahead and jump right on into She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. So spoilers are going to start here for She-Hulk. It's a, it's more of an episodic structure uh, than, than the previous Marvel shows. So I think we are actually going to go episode by episode with this one. But we're going to start by kind of talking about episode one. 
a normal amount of rage, which I think is also a good opportunity to just talk broadly about the character of Jen Walters, uh, kind of our, our Tiger She-Hulk character. What what do we kind of think of her and, and the portrayal of Tatiana Maslany? I fucking love her. Oh my god. She is everything. It's one of those things where I'm not even dissing on the VFX team because they actually did a really good job. But it generally got to the point where it's like, you know, I kind of wish uh, this was just Jen in the scene and not She-Hulk because Tatiana Maslany, she's just so magnetic in her charisma. I just love her portrayal of Jennifer Walters. Although, again, like, the acting that she does for She-Hulk is also fantastic as well. It is, but I do think that the performance gets a little bit lost in the VFX, you know, like, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I've seen people say that she feels less expressive as She-Hulk than she does as Jen, and I, I actually kind of agree with yeah. that, like, there's some, like, I, I definitely prefer it when it's just her as, as Satyana Maslany as Jen Walters on the show, because, like, there's no barrier between, you know, her performance and what, what you're actually seeing on screen. And I think they did as good a job as they reasonably could have done with, with the She-Hulk VFX, and it's one of those things where it's unavoidable in a show about She-Hulk that we're going to be seeing a lot of She-Hulk, so... Right. I can't really fault the show that much for that, but no, I, I definitely agree that I, I preferred it when it was just her as Jen, you know, not in, in She-Hulk form. I, I honestly didn't have a problem with it. I think it looked good, and I think her performance was was good. I didn't even notice a difference between, uh, between her and She-Hulk whenever it comes to acting and emotions. I, it didn't feel stoic to me. It felt like she was trying, as She-Hulk, she was trying to keep herself tempered, if that makes sense. I, get that. I will say that the the further I got into the show and even into the individual episodes, like, I, you, you're saying that you almost didn't notice the distinction. Like, I did get to the point where, even though the CG wasn't perfect... Once you're locked into the show enough, like, I almost do get to the point where I don't really notice whether she's Jen or She-Hulk, because it does yeah, all right. become one thing. And that is something that I will say in in uh, defense of the VFX and the, the overall, mm -hmm. like, it worked well enough that it was never a distraction. Like, I was right. always invested in what was going on. No, no, strongly agree there. And, again, her performance, both the... You know, in just, you know, regular performance as Jen and then the mix of, you know, motion capture and, v and uh, VO for She-Hulk was always fantastic the whole time. And she's was an absolutely fantastic choice. Oh, yeah, they couldn't they couldn't have cast it more perfectly e easily. She was so good in the role. She absolutely was. And I think that her performance in the character in general is really what carries the show Right. I think that lots of women are probably jealous of her because when she's Jen, she has nice, beautiful curly hair. Mm -hmm. And when she's She-Hulk, she has nice, beautiful straight hair. So women everywhere are like, this bitch. This <laughs> and, she never, and she never has to use a flat iron or no, curlers. Like, no. If she, wants to, she wants to go from curly to waves, all she has to do is, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And overall, I think that they made really good use of the fourth wall breaking. Like it was, it was for, for most of the show, 
I'll get to the finale, but for most of the show, I think that they didn't go too far with it, and I think that it was it was actually really well done as as kind of a way to sort of invite the audience into the show and poke fun of the fact that we're invested in these storylines, but it is a TV show at the end of the right. day, and 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 getting getting to acknowledge that I thought I thought that that was really fun and and used really well throughout the series. As a kid, as a kid, I loved Zach Morris's uh, fourth wall breaks and Saved by the Bell. And I kind of got hooked on that that fourth wall break whenever the actor looks at the screen and kind of winks at you or does something. So seeing this re- it, from the first episode on, it really excited me. I really enjoyed that. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I think they managed to have an extremely good balance. Um, and we'll get to the finale, but in my opinion, including even in the finale, they had managed to have a good balance of getting you invested in the world of the story while also, you know, inviting you in, acknowledging that this is a story, this is a show, this is also an MCU show, and we are remarkably self-aware of all of the, yes. all of the tropes and everything yes. that happens over the course of an MCU show. We've. I love the tongue in cheek, yes. Yeah. We, we've actually become extreme. We're not. You know, completely blind to the fact that we tend to follow these formulas a lot. I think that they managed to hit a good balance of acknowledging that and also having a genuinely compelling story in the world of the show as well. Within this first episode, I really enjoy the way that they use Bruce Banner and that they also kind of explained the discrepancy of like, you know, in in the Shang-Chi post-credit scene, why is he in his human form? Is showing, okay, he can actually switch back and forth to some degree. And I also, like, by by that same token, like, I actually really enjoyed just getting to see human Mark Ruffalo because, again, I kind of feel similarly about that where I I like Professor Holt a lot but i also just really enjoy seeing him as himself in that role too but but still in the majority of this episode and in the show seeing him in his professor hulk form and it was really cool kind of seeing him sort of teaching jen how to be a hulk while also kind of dealing with his own insecurities of the fact that he's he's never had somebody he could kind of relate to uh, in Hulk form, but he, but, but the fact that he doesn't kind of want her to, to go away because he, you know, like, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting dynamic throughout and him kind of dealing with his, his own inadequacies of the fact that he had to go for years and years of not being able to control the Hulk and the fact that she's able to do so from the start. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on this whole storyline? I, it gets me excited. Uh, I don't know if they have, like, anything to do with Planet Hulk or anything like that going on. I'm hoping that's what they're te- I hoping what that's what they're teasing, or at least a version of it, uh, with the whole Sakaar thing. I loved him in it. I love that he wasn't in every episode. They would have made a huge freaking mistake if he was in every episode. So I do love that he was... I do love the way they used him. I think that he was used in rations, you know, I, I, and I like that. It, it wasn't too much. And him teaching her to be Hulk just made sense. And I love that she was so hard-headed about it. Right. I love that she was like, that's you, not me. I'm different. But she ended up using a couple of the lessons, you know? I right. I like that. I like how much Bruce is struggling with the idea that there's some stuff that she is just naturally getting. And also, I feel like he needs to give himself a little more credit in that, okay, part of the reason she's so used to this is that there has been a Hulk for a while. People are used to the strange and unusual. Yes. You know, even as just a minor background thing. So it's not quite the massive trauma 
It's like, oh no, I'm like a giant existing superhero. This is actually a bit of a known quantity and it's not nearly as overwhelming. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that the show overall does a good job of acknowledging how far we've come already in the MCU and the fact that the the the, the strange, the outlandish, yes. the, the supernatural has become ordinary in this universe at this point. And I think that, you know, having a legal drama around, or legal comedy, more accurately, around these, these superhuman characters makes a lot of sense at this point in the MCU. I also will just say as a side note that in my opinion, I think that this is the best that Bruce Banner has been written as a character since yes. probably Age yeah. of Ultron, yes. uh, in my opinion. Like, cause I, I, I think that for a while, like I enjoyed him in all the movies he's been in just because Mark Ruffalo, but I felt like he was starting to almost just become kind of a comic relief character. It's like, he's just there to kind right. of make jokes, you know? And I, I like the fact that they, they stay true to the, the direction that he'd already been going in, in like Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War and Endgame and all that while bringing back a lot of the angst and bringing back a lot of what makes Bruce Banner, Bruce Banner to me. And mm. I think that this, this is, this is the best he's been written in a while. And I thought that that was really, really refreshing to see for myself because I'm actually one of the people I have been a little bit dissatisfied with the writing of the character in, in, in the more recent MCU movies. I would like to say I really, really, really enjoyed Mark Lynn Baker as her dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was good. I was a kid when uh, the Perfect Strangers sitcom was on and all through my life, sitcoms have ruled my life. And he really steals the show whenever he's on screen. I love every moment he gets and it's that it's that loving dad-daughter relationship that everybody wants and it's just beautiful and I think that he is just a cornerstone of this show their chemistry together is so freaking gorgeous I was just going to say I love how completely out of his depth he is frequently um yes. especially when dealing with it but he that doesn't deter him from trying to be a good dad and, yes. you know, still trying to be there for him, even if he has, like, no idea how, what to actually do. And even if, like, she is ranting at him a mile a minute and he's <laughs> like, oh, okay, uh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> but yes. he's, he's trying and he's, he's always there for it. I do. That's really endearing. It well, is. And just as a side note on the subject of, of the Walters family, I also enjoyed seeing her uncle played by uh, Michael H. Cole, who is a uh, local yes. Atlanta actor who I actually got the chance to direct Michael uh, in a, a pilot that I don't know if we ever even put it online, but but a thing that uh, our, our, our mutual friend Martel wrote it and I directed it called the Hutchins uh, that he was he was he was the lead in that. So it was it was cool getting to see him uh, and like I always, I always love it whenever I see Michael in there because Michael pops up in a lot of stuff. Hell yeah. I love the uncle too. <laughs> uh, of course, the, the first episode ends with a legal battle turning into a physical battle between She-Hulk and Titania, who decides to Kool-Aid man her way through the wall of the uh, courthouse. Uh, as she freak that, That's kind of her signature move. She does that quite a bit on this show of just does like- Does that bitch ever use a door? Fuck walls. <laughs> <laughs> There was a door right there. Yeah. <laughs> Titania was a really entertaining character. I kind of wish they'd done more with her by the end of the show. It felt like, because like it always felt like they were setting her up as like a main antagonist, and then yeah. they never really kind of went anywhere with it. Yes! But... Yeah. Oh, I still enjoyed it whenever she popped up in the show. I, like, I, I enjoyed, right. you know, the actress is from uh, The Good Place as well. Like, I really enjoyed, enjoyed her on that. I, I, I love Jimmy Legend. So. But, but it, it was fun kind of seeing that first face off uh, at the end 
this first episode and then, you know, or seeing her go- turn back into uh, basically kick ass and turn back into Jen and say, you know, I'm ready to make my closing argument now. It's like that That to me, like, is the show in a nutshell. It's like we're going to have right. this crazy superhero battle followed by, you know, the attorney making her closing statements like like it is the fact that this this show manages to be both. that. I, I think that that's very well encapsulated in that in yes. that scene. There's something about the scene that annoyed me the first time. But as the show went on, I appreciated, which is that the fight itself is remarkably short and not particularly exciting, but that's kind of the thing, is that it's not really a superhero action show. There are some action scenes, and much later in the show, there are actually some fairly well-choreographed scenes that are really exciting to watch, but She-Hulk herself is not about, oh, it's an exciting fight. It's, yeah, she is going to kick people's ass and then get back to what she's doing, and so the fights are generally fairly short well and it felt about right for a hulk battle too you know the fact that you know hulk can like like any hulk character unless they're going against another hulk type character like abomination usually it's a pretty one-sided battle and even you know like she's not it's not going to be a flashy fight because she doesn't really know how to fight she just she's just super strong and can smash whatever you know, mm-hmm. which is the case with the Hulk, too, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. But let's go ahead into the second episode, Superhuman Law, where, you know, after the, that incident, you know, uh, the, the, that that case ends up get, getting appealed because of, you know, no jury can make a <laughs> objective decision after <laughs> witnessing that battle. But I, I enjoyed her getting uh, recruited by the opposing uh, counsel and then kind of put into this position of being, hey, we have this superhero who's our attorney to be you know, as, as almost this gimmick. But she kind of makes the best of that that situation and then uh, ends up taking on Emil Blonsky, played by Tim Roth from the Incredible Hulk movie, which, again, I'm happy to see that movie continue to get a uh, reference, including uh, probably the most uh, kind of blatant reference to, you know, Bruce Banner's lines. Like, I was a completely different person then, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Which I thought was hilarious. So <laughs> what, what do we think of this the, of the second episode overall and in, in, in that kind of storyline? I enjoyed it. I like, I love Law series. Um... I I always have since I was younger. Um, so I enjoyed that bit of this show. I enjoyed them being in the courtroom and her having to figure out how she was going to win these cases. There's there's a couple of moments I really love for this. Obviously, the ending where she re- where they have that clip from Shang Chi where it's like, and he escaped and was in an underground fight. It's like, well, well, I'm <laughs> glad that they tied that in because yes. that was one of those things that without that tie in, I just feel like that makes the Shang Chi scene even more confusing. It's like right. you know when yes. was this happening? Like, and also like it 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 explains clearly that that was abomination for people like me who's like you know didn't necessarily like. <laughs> Yes. I, I know, I know that. Like you've told me, Zach, that like, oh, well, Wong in, in Shang Chi said calls him a meal at one point. I, I've never heard that line, even when I was listening for it. To be honest, like, like yeah. I just, I just, I don't think, I don't think I understood it or whatever. Like, but that's fair. You know, even from Incredible Hulk, like I, I don't really think of him as being Emil. I think of him as being Blonsky, which I think also kind of affected that. But, but it's fair. also just this thing of like, I, I still don't like the redesign. I'll just be honest. I still think they should have kept with the Incredible Hulk design. I just, I. Don't, I know that this is more comic book accurate, but it just doesn't make sense. Like I kind of like this design better. 
I yeah. don't know why. I like the I like the sea monster look or whatever. I don't know. I'm but a it moron. doesn't make sense why he looks that way. Like, why does he look like a sea creature? Like, it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. that's that's what he really is on the inside—a giant sea creature. Again, I I know they just did it because it's comic book accurate, but I I just think that in terms of internal consistency, I think that his design from Incredible Hulk just makes more sense, and I I actually just prefer it as a design personally. I think it's just that's cooler fair. looking. But I love how totally oblivious he is of so much <laughs> he's just in his own little cult-like mind and oh tim roth so is so good in this god. show he, he like he, he like it was so unexpected the direction they took this character but i thought i thought that that aspect of it was brilliant you know like yeah. just how, how how different he was in this as compared to incredible hulk and it, it, it he was the, the the way they made him a much more uh likable character likable character and yeah. comedic character yeah much much more nuanced i there's also a moment very early on in the episode that I'm kind of disappointed it never came back, but it's still like one of my favorite one-off jokes of the show where she's having, where Jen is having a fourth wall break. You know, she got recruited. It's like, oh, but God, I'm a like token minority hire. What the hell? And then all of a sudden her boss says, so what's your opinion on the issue? And she says, I'm agnostic. Hmm. And then she says, that's, I'm never, that's going to haunt me forever. I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> like, I oh, oh when, he's, when he's been saying, when he's been talking the whole time and she's just completely zoned out. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I, I remember what we talked, yeah. It's like, I kind of <laughs> wish that came back later, but also it's just like one of my favorite one-off lines. It's like, uh, oh my God. Yes. Zoned out and I have no idea what I agreed to. <laughs> it's like, that's a re- really interesting, uh, hmm, really interesting point of view. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Have you been listening to me at all? That is a weird way to start a conversation, okay? <laughs> well, I also did really kind of continuing this storyline, the third episode where we, we do actually see the, the hearing of Blonsky, I thought was also a, a really entertaining uh, kind of legal battle and getting to see Wong uh, get involved in the show, which Wong is th- this character has just been popping up everywhere in the MCU lately. He's just like this movie, that movie, this show. Like, I feel like just Wong is just boom. I still want to see the uh, the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, uh, adaptation series where he's training <laughs> Ned from the Spider-Man trilogy yes, as yes, a sorcerer. Absolutely. I still want to see that show. <laughs> <Yes>. but- <laughs> yeah, I do find it almost funny that it's like maybe possibly the only thing tying every single one of these. Uh, what is this? Phase four now? Yeah, phase four. Marvel. Yeah, we're still in four. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing tying together phase four is that Wong is there. I loved his involvement in this, you know, as a, Benedict Wong does a fantastic job of mixing, you know, serious gravitas with fantastic comedic relief. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, so he, it was just deeply enjoyable to have him. The entire parole hearing was uh, just enjoyable. It's like, okay, we just have a man who has no idea what is or is not actually legal. And also Wong dipping out after admitting to... Uh, breaking a prisoner out of high security prison. It's like, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm going to have to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> I love what they've done with Wong. I really do. He, I want to see him in his own show. I know he mm-hmm. keeps going into all these different, and he's going to pop up in all these different uh, shows. And I love him as the Sorcerer Supreme, but 
I love what they did with him, and he deserves his own show or his own movie. That's what I'm saying. Like seeing like a show where he's training a new generation. Absolutely. Like, I, I'd love to see it be Ned personally. It also yeah. could be. Uh, he could also train uh, America Chavez. You know, yeah. from uh, from the same like, like either one of those like would be both or of both. Be, of the, yeah, you know, trained at the same time. Have... Yeah, that would be. I would totally watch that show. That would be. That would be a show Absolutely. I would watch the hell out of. Yeah. That actually be massively entertaining. The Apprentice Sorcerers America. And Ned. Oh yeah, no, it'd be be super. It's like, oh, what's what's Doctor Strange doing? Oh, he's he's off having some other adventure. But yeah, like maybe yeah, he'll cameo in the him. first episode. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's off he's off running away with Charlie's uh, Theron for some reason. He's, uh, he's generally <laughs> better when he's not in this particular plane of existence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, of course, this episode also included a subplot with uh, Runa and the, the whole thing of uh, the the guy who thought he was dating Megan the Stallion and the, the whole. <laughs> whole it's, it's it's an entertaining subplot. Doesn't really connect to anything else, but it was fun, you know. It's it's yeah. the case of the day. It, it's yeah. the case of the day, and that's what that's what they should have done in every episode. But it's and actually a lot of the plot lines in this show. Um, one of the things I appreciated is that it does a really good job of indicating what is now normal in the MCU. Yes, you know it establishes like okay, the MCU started as you know practically real world. This is where it is now, and it is actually a fairly fantastical place um, yeah. at this point. Exactly. It is funny how the the kind of uh, satirical discourse uh, about She-Hulk really does kind of mirror the actual butthurt fanboys about this show, which I think they kind of <laughs> knew was going to be the fact. But right. the fact that everybody was you know giving shit to the the twerking scene, it's like what? Who cares? Clean the fuck up. <laughs> everybody twerks. Come on. Exactly. It was a really good scene. It was mm-hmm. hilarious as fuck. And I love when she goes, I will kill for you, Megan. <laughs> oh, back it up. Back it up. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a bit much. <laughs> Honestly, like, I really do have to give props to the writers for being so remarkably on point is like, we're going to do this scene and this is going to be the exact idiotic reaction that we're going to get from it. Like, yes, it is actually fantastic how like accurately they predicted that. I mean, what's actually sad is how well they predicted how the fanboys were going to react on every fucking episode. And I love that they made a point to where they pointed towards that. And I love I loved that most of the villains in this uh, series were fanboys. Completely. With this, the fourth episode, Is This Not Real Magic? Uh, Donnie Blaze was, you know, an entertaining enough uh, antagonist of the <laughs> week. The absolute scene-stealing character of this episode was absolutely Madison <laughs> with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think. <laughs> it's not where you think. <laughs> oh my god, Wongers. <laughs> That's all I remember about this episode. I watched this episode like four times because of Madison. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it, it would have been. It's not a bad episode. It would have been a fairly forgettable episode, except for Madison. She completely yes. just steals the yes. entire episode, and she and she makes the episode good, in my she opinion. She does. Like Wongers. I just love her description of how she got back. It's like, well, I don't know how to mention, and then I met this black goat. Think his name was Frank or something, and I had to sign some sort of contract. Oh, I know Frank. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just love that line. It's like. How many people have been making deals with this black 
What? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite episode because of Madison and Wong. They just go so well together. I hope to see them together again. <laughs> Sitting on the yeah, couch that's, watching that's, a that's movie. That's the other uh, spin-off idea. Just the weird uh, I- interdimensional uh, adventures of Wong and Madison. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I'm down. I am so down. They could be seven minute episodes and I am so fucking down. Right. <laughs> actually, that, that that could be if they actually were to do something like that, like doing them as like these little five minute episodes would yeah. actually kind of be a good way mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, actually, you know. <laughs> yeah. Marvel recently released and this is a completely separate topic, recently released a special Werewolf by Night, which is excellent, by the way. Um, oh, my God. Yes. But my point on that is that I would actually genuinely enjoy seeing more of these, like, one-off ideas like the Madison yeah. and Wong show as a special. It's like, you don't have to commit to a full series. You don't have to commit to, like, a full movie length. Just, you know, pop out one fantastic idea for exactly as long as, it, you know, you need to. Yeah, I think that we're probably going to be seeing, especially because, like, was Werewolf by Night was, was pretty well received by most people. I think that we're going to be seeing more of those kinds of one-off specials coming yeah. up in the future. I think I think they kind of kind of dipped their foot in with that one, and I think we might be seeing more of those. This is also the episode where we kind of see Jen deciding to date as She-Hulk uh, as well as, as kind of a subplot, which that this, this was actually also a pretty entertaining uh, element of this episode i felt i honestly you know how i feel about the boyfriend girlfriend uh things in superhero movies and shows and it usually pisses me off but i fucking enjoyed this i love the whole tinder idea meeting up with people and the way that they were all just so fucking aggravating and I love that she decides, okay, let's try this as She-Hulk. But it becomes the thing of, like, the, the one guy that it it goes well with. He, even he doesn't really appreciate her as a full no, person, though. He, like, he just He just likes right. She-Hulk. It's like, you know. Yes. This, this, that's, that's only a, a one facet of her as a person type of thing, so. For the most part, it really hits on how shallow internet dating is. Not, oh, that, yeah. I'm, not that I'm kicking it, because... I enjoyed internet dating, don't get me wrong, but it is what it is, and I love that it shows how shallow it is. Absolutely. I will say one thing, the the suspension of disbelief that I really find hard stretching uh, is the idea that people would not find uh, Tatiana Maslany attractive. Yeah. It does, it does tie into, again... Just people being shallow idiots. But let's be honest, regular woman versus a green woman. First right. of all, superheroes are the thing in the MCU. Right. And ever since Star Trek, green women have been a fetish for a long time. It's it's the whole thing about, you know, when, when you're trying to do uh, internet dating... It's really easy to just get lost in the sea of just faces, yes. and so like mm-hmm. anything that anything that allows you to actually stand out and be more unique does become more attention grabbing in that in that yeah. regard. So, right. I, I I was actually able to buy that. Me too. I thought it was fun, and I thought it was realistic. We got episode five: mean, green, and straightforward into these jeans. <laughs> we got uh this this is the one with the legal battle between her and titania over the she-hulk name i think this is the episode that made the best use of the titania character in my opinion yes yeah uh you know kind of doing like look this is a legal show we're gonna have this legal battle like the battle between the the hero and the quote-unquote villain kind of being titania in, in some ways like 
it's not going to be this physical battle, even though they do fight a couple times on the show, but it's going to be this legal battle because that's what's at the heart of the show. Yeah. I thought that was a very entertaining episode. I also agree. I find it uh, just fantastic that Titania is so ridiculously petty that it's like, I am going to just steal your name for a product line as revenge for no other reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do love how petty Titania is. I love the whole uh, law procession of this. I love that her boss is like, uh, no, you're not going to fight this. We're going to have someone else fight it for you. <laughs> and I love the first thing she says is, I really wouldn't do this, but I am glad you weren't stupid enough to try to represent yourself. <laughs> like, ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's also just one of those um, moments where that moment where, you know, Jen does bring in the array of Tinder exes uh, to give testimony is just like, ah, yeah, that's, you won, but at what cost? It's just taking <laughs> yourself yeah. in the teeth over and over. <laughs> exactly. I also really enjoyed the uh, Luke character, who's the the superhero tailor, kind of the Edna mode of the yes! MCU. I thought I thought, oh I thought he was always a really entertaining character whenever he popped up in this. I would mm-hmm. like to see more Luke. <laughs> He's such a fucking asshole. Avengers. Exactly. <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> I, I think it's very possible because of his kind of status within the MCU now as, yes. as kind of this official superhero tailor. I think it's very possible that we could see him pop up in other projects going forward as well. Now that now he's established. Happy. Yeah. All right. Uh, episode six, just Jen, the standalone wedding episode. Yeah. This, this was a fun one. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have a ton to get into with this one, but it was, it was just an entertaining, funny episode overall. I fucking hate weddings and going to them and dealing with the people at weddings and dealing with the stupid politics at weddings. And I love that they made that the plot of this episode. Right. Yeah. Dealing with the bride bullshit and the bridesmaids. All I know is that after the bridesmaids, like, clearly manufactured a reason for her to have to wash the groomsmen's shirts and then revealed that the groomsmen she'd be walking down the aisle with was like an elderly, apparently almost dead dog. <laughs> that, that is the moment where I would have left that wedding. Fuck and these bitches. <laughs> also had to really restrain myself from like throwing the, you know, car that they were going to drive off in <laughs> a few hills over. Oh no, that's that's the moment you just leave. It's, yeah. it's clearly not going to improve from there. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. This was an extremely entertaining uh episode and I loved the Mr. Immortal subplot with the The oh Mr. Immortal subplot yes. actually that 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 actually uh, stood out to me more than the A plot was was, was, oh was this my B God, plot. Yes. Yeah. Man who is the worst at conflict resolution. Exactly. <laughs> I love that they had to stop him from jumping out of out the window a second time. <laughs> and then when he insulted her, he was like, "Is that the best you can do on the eye contact?" Oh, it looks like it's going to be twenty minutes of eye contact. <laughs> exactly. It's like I just wonder, like, how many people like are going to like sue him? Like, he should have gotten sued by the odor of that car that he smashed when he jumped out right? the window the first time. I was thinking that, like. <laughs> That's, that's going to be a whole separate case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Such an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have episode seven, The Retreat. This was also a really entertaining uh, episode. Uh, like, again, kind of bringing Blonsky back into the fold. 
and all of these uh the, everybody in the support group these 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 wacky you know d-list obscure marvel characters that they brought into this it was just yes. it was just hilarious because every mm-hmm. one of these is is technically a character from the comics just not not anyone that anyone cares about you know right. <laughs> <laughs> Scraping the absolute bottom of the barrel here, and that's actually pretty fantastic. <laughs> exactly. No, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I find it infuriating, but also hilarious that Saracen was actually right about Josh. It's like, oh, yeah, he just wants you for your blood. It's like, no, everything is about blood. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the one that was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was kind of smart the way that they kind of set up that whole that that kind of background mm-hmm. subplot of, you know, Josh seducing her and like stealing the yes, blood and all right. that like that they've been setting up since the first episode. I thought it was really well set up and uh it's a good thing the finale didn't just decide to just toss that out the window and just say forget about it. Oh wait, no. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. We'll but. get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, just a really enjoyable group of characters, and also just nice to have Jen come to terms with and be able to voice, you know, a lot of the concerns that have been building up over the series at this point. I I gotta say, um, I loved the the El Agula uh, character. I loved him, and I loved the man the man bull thing, them going back and forth and getting each other. But I'm a little sad that they didn't do, like, the stepdad from Hawkeye, or the Mm. one that was going to become the stepdad. Because you already had him there, and you could easily set him up as the Alejandro Montoya character. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's a good point, yeah. Just using what you have. I enjoyed what they did. Uh, with 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 what what they did in this episode, but they they, they could have brought that character into this. They, they also yeah. could have, but there there is room for multiple uh, dashing swashbucklers in the MCU, especially on the off chance that they ever ever get into a sword fight one day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I I do love what they. I think this may be my favorite episode out of the whole series. Well, I enjoyed seeing Jen. This this is definitely a big part of her journey to kind of accept the 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 duality of her nature and and accept the, mm-hmm. the both parts of her as as being equally uh, a part of of her her kind of identity. I think that this this episode does a good job of kind of putting her more and more in that direction. So I yeah. I, I also enjoyed this episode as a whole. Yeah, uh, we have the eighth episode, Rip It and Rip It. We were introduced to uh, Leapfrog the. Terrible discount superhero who ends up actually being the villain of this episode. I mean, look, I I love this episode for one simple reason. They brought Daredevil in it. Like, yes, that was that was what that was the thing I loved about this episode. This this might honestly have been my favorite episode just for that reason, to be honest. Like, like not, not just the fact that they did it, but they did it so well and they did it so organically. And just Charlie Cox was great. His chemistry with uh, Tatiana Maslany was just uh, absolutely right. fantastic. Like. Again, of uh, of all the kind of potential, you know, suitors that she kind of has on this show, it's like, this is the one, like, if it ends up just being, like, a one hookup that, you know, maybe they just stay friendly with each other, that's totally fine, but I don't know, I, I ship it. Like, after this, like, I honestly do ship these two, like. I hope they don't give us this, and then when they get to Daredevil, they don't show She-Hulk. I hope that they just don't forget that they have this love interest. I think they won't. I I think that she. I think she'll pop up in one or two episodes of his show. I, that would I think. Be nice. I, I don't. I don't think she's going to be like a main character. But I think no. she. I think she'll pop up 
in a similar way that he popped up on her show, I think yes. she'll have a similar role on his show. Is what's going to happen. Like I would yeah. like that. It would be nice if you have like a scene where you know he's been dealing with some extremely difficult enemies over the show, and then near the end uh, calls her in. It's like okay, and this will significantly level the playing field. I I like the new look that they gave Daredevil, and I like the character of Daredevil, but I'm still kind of hesitant because I didn't like the show. I didn't like later seasons of the show, let me be clear. The first couple of seasons were great. But him and She-Hulk really stole my heart whenever they teamed up. I like them liking each other. I like the energy they bring. So I really like that as a duo, and I'd like to see them work together more. Absolutely. I'm not super big on the color scheme of the suit. Um, it just doesn't work for me very well. <laughs> mustard and ketchup. Um, mustard and ketchup. Um, I'd, I'd like for them to go back to the red. Like, when when, when they yeah. go back to, like, I'm not sure if they're going to stick with this in his show or, like, I think it'd be fine if in his show, like, maybe he has this outfit for, like, the first couple, like, maybe the first episode and then, like, switches back to the red or even the all black. Like, either one of those, I think, would work yeah. better, but. I do like that, you know, there is this sense that Matt Murdock is actually a, at a good point in his life for once. It's like, he's yeah. not terminally depressed. He does actually get to, you know, enjoy himself a bit. That gets old really fast, and that's something they're going to have to – that's something they're going to have to really deal with. And that's the reason why I stopped liking the show is because there's not enough rays of sunshine. But it makes sense. Like, this still feels like a, a Matt Murdock who's been through the events of the Netflix yes. show, though, and it, right. he's, he's just come to a better place than, than, than yes. he was back then. So, And that's, that's one of the reasons it's so nice to see is, like, it doesn't feel like they're invalidating or saying any of that didn't no. happen. It's just, no, his life actually just got better, and thank goodness he deserves it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm, I'm very excited for his show that, that they're doing as well. I've been kind of going back through the original Daredevil show, and it's that first season of Daredevil is still one of one of my favorite seasons of TV. It's so good. Mm. It's so, 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 so good. It'll be coming out in 2024. Yeah. And then, of course, we have kind of the, the bookend. Like, we think everything's wrapped up, and then we have the bookend of, you know, the reveal of the uh, the, the the sex tape with her and, and Josh uh, and, and her kind of losing control at the end, which I thought was a great cliffhanger to kind of lead us into the uh, season finale. Yeah, it's just deeply just a deeply infuriating moment it's like okay is this most uh controlled or measured way to deal with the situation no is that how most people would probably deal with the situation yes almost certainly oh yeah and for sure definitely justified i think she should have smashed the shit out of that guy i yeah. mean just straight <laughs> bend him in half break him up she could do that you know just kind of break his neck treat him like an accordion well, I'm not saying he definitely deserved it. Unfortunately, I think the consequences for her uh, on a legal and uh, professional perspective would have been far worse than they actually were. But right. in a legal perspective, she could have said she blacked out. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. how. All I remember is I saw him and then I blinked and he was crumpled in front of me. <laughs> right. Well, she definitely, <laughs> in that scenario, she definitely uh, probably would never have been allowed to go back to being She-Hulk at the very That's least. I love what she decides to do with him in the end, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen him done like an accordion. 
Well, let's get into this finale, episode nine. Whose show is this? Uh, or she she does end up uh, getting inhibited from being She-Hulk and gets uh, r- fired from her job. It's good for a, a finale to kind of start off by bringing the hero to their lowest point, so that they so that the stakes are the yeah. most dire. And I think they did an overall good job with that in in the beginning of this finale. I I completely agree. I love I love that she actually follows the rules that. You know, she's not supposed to turn into She-Hulk. And- oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, at the yeah. end of the day, she might not feel it's, it's justified, but she, she is, this is a woman who's dedicated her life law. to to the yes. law. That is, that is what she's yeah. dedicated her life to. And I, I, I think that the show does a really good job of, of still maintaining that. I also love that we see the uh, Legally Blonde poster on the wall. It's like, because that's also right. something that, you know, yes. I mean, a lot of a lot of little girls, you know, grew up watching that movie and it inspired them to, to become a lawyer. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that definitely, that, that, was, that was just like a small touch I thought was, was really fun, but. No, that was nice. And also the Aaron, Aaron Brockovich poster in the same scene as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, ultimately at least on Jen's side, you know, this was more about just Dealing with the fallout, finding a way to, you know, help reconcile it all and deal with the extremely unfair persecution that she's got over the course of the show. I love that she's having that family dinner and her dad is just trying to be supportive. And he's like, hey, if you never get a job again, you can just move back in with us. Exactly. (laughs) And he's all excited about, you know, being Mm -hmm. with his daughter. And she's like, oh, Fuck! <laughs> I love the mom's like. Well, you know, I I I moved my uh, my gym stuff into your oh room. Oh my god! <laughs> we could do it together. We could work out together. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, we also uh, we haven't talked too much about uh, Nikki or Pug, but I, I enjoyed the, these two characters, and I enjoyed seeing Me them uh, kind of infiltrate Intelligentsia. Of course, the, the, the incredible coincidence that the Intelligentsia meeting happened to be basically on the ranch that uh, Blonsky was on. It's like, the, but it was it was a way for them to, to bring all the storylines together. But, yeah. uh, but overall, like, I, I thought it was just funny, like, just how terrible Pug was at being undercover. And yet it, oh was, still somehow, God, yes. it was still somehow working. Like, no one no right. one suspected him. <laughs> it was just hilarious to me. It's like. Yes, I, I do love the the Pug thing. And she she's like, oh, he's OK. He'll improv. Ah, he can't improv worth the crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do like I do like that Abomination was had that speech there, and he had no fucking idea what meeting it was. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he had no idea who he was giving the speech to, and it was so generic of a speech. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was why, like, because, like, I didn't find myself really turning on Blonsky at that moment because he has no idea what the fuck's going on. No, like, he has was, no. They just rented the area for a second. Um, because it's like, oh, but um, it was remarkably in character and also somewhat mm-hmm. relieving to see. It's like, oh, he's just remarkably irresponsible about researching who he's you know, exactly. doing these speeches for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's like, did the check clear? Great, I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they they got the money in there. All right, how you doing yeah. today, folks? Oh, when he's explaining himself to to Jed, it's like, no, this is, you don't understand. This is just purely for profit. Like, True. like that makes it okay. It's for profit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea, and I yeah. love that they make it that way. <laughs> you know, and then we get the shit hits the fan. Phelps mm-hmm. turns into a Hulk creature. Uh, Titania shows up. Hulk shows up. 
Abomination and Hulk are fighting. Everything's hit the fan. And then the fourth wall break. She decides to go talk to the writers of the show. Listen, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, I've really enjoyed all of the fourth wall breaking in the show up until this point. I even actually enjoyed her talking to the writers and then like meeting the AI Kevin thing. Like all of that was like, okay, this is going on a bit long, but this is still entertaining enough. Yes. But you can't just use this as a way to not resolve the storylines that you set up. They didn't resolve shit in this entire show. They they basically just skipped to the denouement and skip the entire climax. And I, I honestly agree with the character of Jen that just having somebody, you know, steal her blood and turn into a whole creature is generic. The alternative to that is just write a better climax and not, I don't right. know, like... Okay, here's here's my take on it. I fucking love that fourth wall. I love that we're expecting Kevin Feige and we get this computer. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was hilarious. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love the conversations she has with the writers. I love the fight scenes she has with security. I I agree with all of the conversations she has with the with Kevin. But I don't agree with them resetting the timeline unless there's only one way to make this work, and that's for it to be a part of this multiverse thing. If in season two we have some type of multiversal thing happen, or in one of the movies, I don't know, then maybe that can be explained. But then that means that She-Hulk can jump from one multiverse to another, which would make the breaking the fourth wall a lot more interesting and a lot more complex than we take it for. I feel like it doesn't need an in-universe explanation. Yeah, I think it does because I think it's shit. I'll just be honest. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't like what, what they did with this climax. I think resetting the storyline that they foreshadowed and set up at this point. Okay, I'm going to say this and some people are going to be mad at me. At this point, the stakes are not high enough. I understand that she's saying that her learning to be She-Hulk and Jen is enough of the stakes for the story, but it is not. This is a superhero show. This is yes. a superhero show. There are superhero formulas, and sometimes it gets generic. Him becoming the uh, the Hulk or a type of Hulk, and then them restraining him at this point because they know how to control Hulks, or him becoming a Red Hulk would have been fantastic. <laughs> And it would have brought us into another storyline that they could have went off of with these Hulk subplots that keep popping up. And it gives yeah. you a whole different franchise. But them not coming to a conclusion with any of the fucking subplots that they foreshadowed in the yeah. show spits in the face of the people that have spent week after week watching these. Yeah, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of time if you're going to set up all these storylines and then not resolve them. Like, yes. yeah. you're just going to skip. Like, it's not that they, they left it open. They just skipped over the end of the resolution. Right. Like, I love absurdism. I love mm -hmm. absurdism. I live by absurdism. The Mel Brooks thing when you go, hey, let's read the script. I don't think that's supposed to happen. And then her talking to it's fucking genius. Yeah. But not completing the plot is wrong. That's exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah. My thing about it is that I actually feel like 
I'm fine skipping the giant fight and having it be yeah. more of a conversation as a climax. Absolutely. Or even a heated conversation as a climax, like leaving Bruce out of it. You know, having Blonsky just be Blonsky and not yes. have a big abomination fight, not having him turn into a Hulk monster. Titania should have showed up anyways. That's all fine, but I do agree with you, Sam, that you then have to show that climax. If you're going to change it to a different climax, show that climax. Because they did skip over the actual confrontation in the end. They just got straight to the Danamon. I'm like, okay, that is still, that's not great. Yeah, I also personally feel that it would have been very dark for the show, but hilarious if he inje- if uh, Todd had injected himself and then fucking died. I actually yes. had the exact same thought. That was yes. that was another way they could have done it. I actually would have accepted that more. Yeah. to be I honest, actually expected that. Yeah, I, I expected it's like he starts transforming and then it goes horribly wrong because it's super dangerous and yeah. it doesn't work for everybody. And everyone in the room just has a shock moment as a horribly mutated Todd is dead on the floor. It's like. And that's why you all are idiots. Mm -hmm. Or either taking the syringe from him before he gets it injected into him and then them taking it away like a super like a super soldier serum, because it is a super soldier serum. It is. It's a Hulk serum. Yeah. I like the idea of him dying from it, though. I, I like that idea, too. But I actually think that the climax of the show, like. And she even says this to the Kevin computer in in the scene, you know, this this is illegal comedy. This this is what the show is. Okay, so have the climax of the show be a courtroom scene. That's yes. that's mm-hmm. what the climax of the show should have been. Yes. I I think they should have like re- rewritten the finale to like the the main like cuz that would have been uh, like a really well-written courtroom scene would have been a gripping enough and exciting enough climax and it would have been an appropriate climax for this show. Yes. I feel like they basically they set up a generic superhero battle climax and then instead of resolving that they said no we're not going to do that we're just going to skip to the end when they really shouldn't have even set that up to begin with they should no. have just like had it be just right. a courtroom scene as the climax that should have been what the ending of the show should have been and i don't know i i just i really like this show right up until this and i i think i think the climax really it, it was it was very lazy they basically decided like we're just we're gonna use the fourth wall break as an excuse to not resolve these these messy storylines that we've set up for themselves. Like, don't set up storylines if you're not gonna resolve them. I just I just honestly yeah. feel strongly about that. Like, it's it's really it's an entertaining sequence again with her going into Marvel Studios and all that. But after that, yeah, if you're gonna do all that, then actually show an alternate climax that is that closes things up. Yes. It's also the whole thing of Jen kind of dictating the the terms of with the way she wants the show to go. Like, I get what they were doing with that, but the fact of the matter is, it's not great storytelling, in my opinion, when the protagonist gets to make everything exactly how they want it to be. No. Right. That's, that's honestly how I feel. Like, I think that's actually, like... It's lazy writing. It is lazy writing, and it's a boring show when everything just goes right for the protagonist. And mm-hmm. I feel like, and I know that things haven't been going right for the character up until this point, but the fact that she just got to, you know, make everything great for her because j- just because she had a conversation with, you know, I, the creative force behind the show in this fourth wall breaking moment, it's like, it just, it was very unearned. I think that everything about the the, the resolution of the final episode was very unearned and... 
even though I say I, I enjoyed the fourth wall breaking, I still think that it, I think that it, it took it just a step too far for me in, in a lot of ways. Like, I still was entertained by the finale, but just the, the overall resolution really did not work for me. And it, and it actually drags the, the whole season down in, in a big way for me personally. It does. I, I think I think this is a phenomenal show. I think yeah. that it is so good and it has so much commentary, but I think this I think this season finale may have hurt their chances to get a season two. Yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong. I think they will still make a season two because I, I, I still think that regardless of, you know, people's opinions on it, it's 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 still a very talked about show. And I, I yes. think it's that whole thing of like no press is bad press, you know, in a lot of yeah. ways that right. I think they'll still make a season two of this. And I, I think broadly speaking, you know, the butthurt fanboys are actually just a very vocal minority. I think that the majority of people do generally tend to enjoy this show. Even with the finale, like, and I, I, I'm with you, Liz. I still really like the show. I just don't like the way that they resolved it. But I, I still very much oh, want to see season, season two. two. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I'll watch it. But they better not pull this shit again. Is all I'm no. saying. <laughs> the thing that, that that kind of cracked me up above the denouement was that they basically did the ending of every single Fast and Furious movie. Where oh it's my like god! All, yes. all, all the family <laughs> at the barbecue cookout. Matt Murdock's there too for some reason. You know, it's like honestly, <laughs> if they had Jen raise a bottle of Corona, that would have <laughs> yes. And then Hulk just shows up. Is like surprise! I have a son. What? <laughs> what? Son who is in desperate need. It's like, okay, your first experience on Earth is we're going to take you to a barber to fix whatever's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the lead into Planet Hulk and World War Hulk, and I'm I'm hoping that's what this is leading to. I would love to see these sagas play out. I don't know. I, I I think maybe we might see a, a version of something like that. But the thing about Planet Hulk is Planet Hulk was already kind of adapted as a part of Thor Ragnarok. Like that it movie was. already it was. that movie kind of already adapted that storyline in a way. So I, I I think it would be a little bit redundant to do that again. But we might see certain elements of that maybe play into a future Hulk story. Um, I actually just read that I think next year uh, the. The, the the deal that Universal has with the Hulk rights actually expires next year, so they'll actually be able to make a Hulk movie yes. after that if they want to, um, without having to collaborate with Universal. So that might that yeah. might kind of open up some doors for them if they if they do want to do something like maybe kind of a father son story with with a Hulk movie or show or whatever they might decide to do. When is the next Avengers coming out? Uh they they've done they've been shuffling around release dates, but I want to say either 2024 or 25 I think is when the next uh Avengers is coming out. Cuz there's there's two that are coming out. They were going to come out like really close to each other, but I think they actually spaced out those release dates after because they, they they kind of shuffled things around uh, because they they're they are having to uh, delay the Blade movie because their director dropped out very shortly before uh, shooting so they're trying to they're trying to find a new director for Blade. Oh okay. Uh, it says two Avenger films are set for release in 2025. Yeah, because I know they're trying to set up these new heroes to be the Avengers. Uh, the new generation. Well, yeah, there's speculation. We'll see if it ends up being one of these two movies, but there's a lot of speculation that they're setting up kind of a young Avengers team 
and yeah. Hulk's son could play into that. You know, the new the new Hawkeye, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of characters they've been they've been setting up that could definitely play into that for sure. Absolutely. All right. Are we ready to go into our overall thoughts on the season? Yes. Uh, Liz, I'll go ahead and let you start. Phenomenal show. I really did enjoy this show week to week to week. It was my highlight of the week. I looked forward to it. I really enjoyed it. Even with the even with the very ending um, kind of pissing me off, I'll get over it. Uh, I'll still watch it. Uh, so I have to give it uh, just because of the ending. Uh, I loved everything else about it, so I have to give it a 9 out of 10. I'll go ahead and go second. I... I actually probably would have given this a nine. Like I, I really did enjoy the hell out of this show too. Like I thought like week to week, it was such an entertaining, such a fun show, such a funny show. Tatiana Maslany was excellent in this role. I, for the most part, for most of the show, I did actually enjoy the fourth wall breaks. I enjoyed the cameos we, we saw from other MCU characters. I thought they were really organically integrated into the show. It is a more episodic show than we, that we've really seen before. And I think because of that, some episodes stand out more than others. Some episodes, some storylines got a little bit forgettable, but everything was still good and everything was still entertaining. That it's just that finale. That finale yeah. really does drag it down an extra point for me. Uh, so I, I, I still enjoyed the finale overall. Like I still was entertained by it, but I also was overall very annoyed and angered by the, the lack of yeah. resolution. So I am going to go eight out of 10. I'll, I'll like, again, kind of taking one point down just because of the, the, you know, it, it's not certain things weren't as consistent. And then another point because of the finale, but it's, it does speak to the strength of the rest of the show that it, it's even with my feelings on the finale, it's still a strong enough show that I'll go ahead and give it an eight overall. So honestly, I feel very similar. I don't really have much more to add. I just do want to give a shout out that I really enjoy that. The MCU is trying something very different with this show. This is a extremely marked departure from, you know, everything else that they've done. And I strongly appreciate that. But yeah, uh, pretty much very similar thoughts. Every episode was consistently strong and enjoyable. Um, it was a remarkably funny show. Tatiana Maslany is brilliant as Jen. Just, again, totally magnetic charisma. The finale was, I did, yeah, I, I found it enjoyable and fun at the time but the more i think about it it's just not a good resolution uh to a show um it's not a good resolution for the season and yeah it's set it's setting up an issue so that you can complain about the issue you yourself set up which yeah ultimately yeah i'm also gonna give this an eight out of ten great well having said all that zach where can the folks find you Folks can find me on the Facebook as Zachariah Schneider. They can find me on the Twitters and the Instagram as Zachariah Schnet4. Zachariah S-C-H-N-E-4. Liz, where can the folks find you? You can find me on all so social media under the Liz Tory. I'm Sam Wilson. You can follow me on Instagram at SCWilson underscore actor. You can follow my band Gas Station Boner Pills at the Band of Boners on Instagram. And you can follow NerdShit at the NerdShit Pod on all social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at the NerdShit Pod. We release episodes every single week, so make sure that you're subscribed to us anywhere you listen to your podcast. We are on all platforms. Make sure you send us your feedback. Let us know what you think of the podcast, and let us know if you have any requests for any uh, movies or TV shows that you'd like to see us review on the podcast. Up next, we've got John Carpenter's The Thing. We're going to finally rein in Halloween with uh, the movie John Carpenter's The Thing. It's a horror classic. 
I feel good uh, movie to get into for Halloween. So for Zach Schneider and Liz Tory, I'm Sam Wilson. Thank you for joining us for Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Stay shitty, nerds. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. So strap on in because we're talking about the Nerd Shit.